Oh, what? it's tip. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. With a minute 59 seconds remaining, Washington tipped it at the line of scrimmage and intercepted Big Ben. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Washington, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Look at that. Was that Montez Sweat? Well, that happened. Boy. Peyton. What a day. What a night. What a wonderful night it was. This happened during the day. Well, it happened on that day. That day being yesterday. But it happened during the night. The Washington football team. Not the Washington Redskins. You can't call them that anymore because that's not what they are. They are a football team. They are the football team. And they are the football team that gave the Pittsburgh Steelers their first loss of the season. Congratulations, Washington. My applause to you. Can we talk about that game? Um, well, first of all, I don't mean to be prideful and bashful in any way. But uh, to all the Steelers fans out there, I told you so. You knew it was coming. You knew deep down right in here it was going to happen. You were just waiting for it, weren't you? You were scared. You were all scared. Your team was going to get exposed. And they did. By the Washington football team. A team that doesn't even have a name. Wow. I mean, first of all, can we shout out Alex Smith really quick? Oh, yeah. That's my and, man. Oh, that is I my mean, man. Former Chiefs, former just, man, that guy is the real deal. You talk about, he almost died. He almost lost his leg. To see him, and you know what? If it wasn't against the Steelers, if it was like just the way that he's come back, but especially to take down a team that hadn't lost a game and to be the first ones to do it, my hat, hats off to him. So, congratulations, Alex Smith. Peyton, what are your thoughts on that crazy game? Wow. I am honestly, as you could see in the video, I was super excited. Listen. Um, the Steelers, they're a great football team, okay? You don't go 11-0 by accident, right? But at the end of the day, anyone that believes that they were, you know, the best team in the league this whole time was just absolutely wrong. And it was proven last night. It looks like the Browns are playing better football than the Steelers. The Saints are playing better football than the Steelers. The Chiefs are playing better football than the Steelers. The Bills, who had a great game, Josh Allen threw for four touchdowns last night on Monday Night Football, look better than the Steelers. It was evident last night that the Steelers were, like you said, and it's written behind you right there, they're fake. They're fake. See, they're, for those of you who can't see it, I wrote down on uh, my dry erase board. Uh, here, go show them. Go show them. Okay. Go, yeah. I'll, I'll pick it up. They are fake. They are that's, fake. That's what, that's what was proven last night, I believe. And – Listen, the Steelers, they're still playoff contenders easy, right? They're still, they still might win a playoff game, you know, right. when, right. when you have a well-coached team with a nice defense and, um, you know, obviously a veteran quarterback like Big Ben and decent weapons on that team, 
you might be able to win a playoff game. However, we all know that there's a couple teams in the AFC that are just better than them. I don't know if they'll be able to beat the Bills. Um, We're going to see that next week in Sunday Night Football. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure they would lose easily to the Chiefs. I know, I know what you think about that, obviously, but come on now. I, I don't want to be too negative on, on this show. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to trash the Steelers too much. You know, listen, I, I'm a Browns fan. Obviously I'm not going to be rooting for the Steelers quite often. You understand, but what an incredible, incredible comeback it has been for Alex Smith and his journey to recovery. I have always been and anyone that, that knows me for the past, you know, probably like six, seven years knows that I am one of Alex Smith's biggest fans. I'm so serious. I've, I've been supporting him since he was back in the 49er days. I thought that he would have won that Super Bowl against the Ravens had he started over Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick was playing. Uh, he was, he was having an electrifying postseason. I understand why they gave him the starting job over Alex Smith later on. Uh, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert and that was before all the political political stuff and all the stuff that was happening with him off the field. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. So I looked right about Alex Smith. And after that, he went to Kansas city, supported Alex Smith in Kansas city. He was extremely underrated. I understand his playoff success was very minimal. Um, But then he goes to Washington. He has the team in first place. And then I'll never forget like watching that happen. And I was like, well, that's one of my favorite players and he might not ever play again. Like I was hurt. And to see him come all the way back. And also, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if you saw this either, Jeff. Um, his ankle was gushing blood last night. Um, yep. Yep. I I'll, I'll show a picture. If, if you're grossed out by somewhat graphic images and you're on YouTube, make sure just skip this. But this right here was what Alex Smith's ankle looked like. And what he had to say on it was, that he could visually see the blood pumping out after he was cleated, and he never had one gush like that. And that's coming from a guy that literally had his bone popping out of his skin um, a few the years dude. ago. But if, this, if, if there was any question that Alex Smith was not comeback player of the year, that's all settled. Yeah. I don't want to hear Big Ben. Listen, Big Ben, great, great season, right? Great season. But Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year. I don't want anybody to try to deny it. I don't think that that's deniable at all. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. But this is the question I have for you, Jeff, right? And this is going back to the Steelers. Talk to me. How far will the Steelers go this season? Now, I think everybody listening knows what I'm going to say. I'm going to try to be not so uh, hateful and bashful towards the Steelers. Because you know what I did on, on Sunday in particular? It's because the Steelers weren't playing, so I had some time to, to clear my mind a little bit. Um, I'm not backing down on saying that the Steelers are a fake team. I think I have been a little uh, ridiculous about um, saying, like, oh, they're not good. They're Well, you know, they are 11-0. It does take talent, and it does take everything to be the only undefeated team in football, even if it is against most of the teams that they play aren't, you know, they weren't good or, you know, so I just, I I took a step back and I said, you know what? I mean, 
it's stupid and it's asinine for me to say that they're not good because they are. They're a good football team. They're a talented football team. And I think a lot of it was just comparison to other teams, but like them, just them alone, not talking about anybody else. They are a good football team. Uh, and the record speaks, speaks for itself. How far do I think they'll go in my most unbiased answer and opinion? I still think they're going to lose in the first round. Uh, I, think you know and we'll get to all of the you know what the playoff picture looks like later but I just I don't know I just don't see uh, you, you you talk about you know we've talked about them having a talented defense yes we know that uh they've got some 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 good weapons on offense guys big Ben's only getting older and older and uh we have in our group chat uh, talking about, and a lot of people have even said, I think Alex uh, Eastman even brought up the fact that, uh forgot who the guy or who the source was, um, and we can fact check it later, said that this Steelers team... It was Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. This Steelers team reminded him of the Patriots team last year. The ones who lost to the Titans in the first round. And I do see some similar. Now, we can't compare Big Ben to Tom Brady. I mean, let's just be real. Two very good quarterbacks, but Tom Brady is – are you ready for this? I'm about to say something good about Tom Brady. This is iconic. This is iconic. This might be the only time I ever – but listen, just listen. And any of you – Tom Brady fans out there, you're about to get really happy. Tom Brady is miles above Big Ben. Nothing against Big Ben. But he's miles above him, despite his age. 100%. But I look at the team as a whole. I look at the weapons they have on defense, and I look at the weapons they have on offense, and then I look at Big Ben, and I look at the coach. Mike Tomlin is a great, great coach. I just don't see and you know what I could be wrong I could be wrong about everything I just don't see even if the Steelers make it out of the first round I don't see them going I just I just don't see it I don't think they're built to go on a epic playoff run a hard fought playoff run and forget playing the Chiefs you may potentially have to play the Titans, the Browns, maybe even the Ravens. And then after you play one of those three teams, and maybe more, Peyton, you can even check for me because I don't have it in front of me right now. I can yeah, I'm looking pull. at the playoff standings right now. Right um, now they're the one seed, so they would get the bye, which means they would be playing the lowest remaining seed after wild card round. Right. I just don't see – them being built for a long playoff run. And that's why I think it's going to end up short. And I think they will lose in the first round, my personal opinion. And I do agree uh, um, with the fact that they, they do, they do remind me a lot of the Patriots team last year. 
you know, they, they did well. Yeah. Regular season, they got to the playoffs and everybody was expecting, Oh, Tom Brady's, you know, he's going to show up again, just like he always does. Boy, those the Tennessee Titans were ready, man. Boy, were they ready. And I just, I see a team they're they are going to be I know everybody looks at the Chiefs as the main target to go after, but if the Steelers finish with a better record than the Chiefs, I think because of the aura the Steelers have brought around themselves this year with being the only undefeated team for uh I mean they were you know they they were the top dog since well the Chiefs lost in what week five, so since then yeah. they've since week five, they've been the top dog. I think they have more of a target on their back. Uh, even with the Chiefs being the defending champs, I think this year, both of those teams are going to be the targets to go after. Everybody's going to want to beat the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC. So, therefore, and I just – obviously, the Chiefs are built different. <laughs> they are built different. <laughs> you they know, are. indeed. Uh, so I guess I'll just leave it with this. They are I do I just do not see them going on a deep playoff run and I think the team that they play in the first round is just going to go all out whoever it is. And I don't think they'll have enough gas in the tank to keep up. So that's my thought. They okay, let's say cuz right now they hold the tiebreaker against the Chiefs. If they both go 15 and 1 the Steelers will have the one seed due to conference record. Right. Um, so let's say that the Steelers lose. They end up getting the second seed. They do play wild card round. Right now, they would be slated to play at home against the Indianapolis Colts. I say they beat the Colts, honestly, in all seriousness. I believe that the, that the Pittsburgh Steelers – at Heinz Field beats an aging Phillip Rivers and a mediocre offense with the Colts. You know what I mean? So, but after that, there are some Titans, some big teams in the AFC right now that they would have to get through. The path to the Super Bowl is not easy, including the Chiefs. It's not easy this year. The Bills are for real. Josh Allen is for real. He proved it last night against, I understand it's a very injured defense, but Robert Sala has a great plan in place for that defense in, 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 in San Francisco, and he lit them up last night. Dude, I'd even mention the, the Bills and the Dolphins, too. Yeah. Or the Raiders. Oh, my gosh, I missed all of them. The Raiders aren't even in the playoffs right now. If they get back to it. Yeah. But, but let, me, let me continue. Yeah. Then the Browns playing great ball right now. They're on a four-game winning streak. They just mm. put the beat down on Tennessee, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that later. But if Baker keeps playing the way he's playing, it might be over mm. with that defense, with Miles Garrett, with with that um, run stop, Sheldon Richardson's up in the middle there, and then that great offensive line that we all know about, and then the dominant, dominant run game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb that is just, I mean, it's lighting the league on fire. Unreal. But anyways, we'll continue. Then the Titans. I think the Titans win a rematch against the Steelers. Because last time, now granted, it was in Tennessee. It was not in Pittsburgh. It was in Tennessee. 
So that game was really, and I say this all the time, a field goal and a coin flip away from the Titans winning. Mm-hmm. Titans kick that field goal. They go to overtime. They get the ball. I think they go down and score and beat Pittsburgh because their offense was moving well in the second half of that game. So the Steelers haven't played teams like that consistently. They haven't had to play good teams. You have the Bills. They played the Seahawks. Good team. You know, like they haven't, they haven't proven themselves on the bigger stages yet. Like they had an easy schedule and, and it is blown out of proportion because obviously they've had some tough games here and there. Right. And obviously I know that they lost to Washington, but this was their like third game in like 12 days. So, and I, I, I hate to make excuses, but it, that does kind of suck. Right. Having yeah. to play three games in 12 days. Right. So, Yes, they lost to Washington. Yes, that's bad. But I'm not going to overreact and say that they're going to be a first-round exit if they have to play a team like the Colts. Now, if they get the bye, and then they end up having to play a team like the Titans or the Bills or even the Dolphins who are well-coached and play great defense, they all have a chance at beating the Steelers. I don't see the Steelers making the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs still come out on top in the AFC. I think that the Chiefs' offense is just something that the Steelers, while they have a great defense, they're – pat they're um. Their passing defense, their secondary is actually kind of suspect at times. If you look up the, um, the passing numbers they've given up, Pat Mahomes finds a way to beat them, all right? And Andy Reid finds a way to scheme against that defense and beat them, right? And I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But Andy Reid is a better coach. You know what I mean? So, and he also has a better team. Right. So I still see the Chiefs coming out on top in that division. I don't think the Steelers make it to the AFC Championship game. I say they're going to lose in the divisional round. Um, that's just my, my opinion because I'm not going to overreact over that one loss. They're still a good team. Right. They're not good, at, they're not good enough to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. That's how I'm going to leave it off. Right. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I was uh, – Almost right about the Jets. <laughs> yes, you were. You really were. And then... All right, every, everybody gather around the campfire really quick. Yeah, warm those hands up. Um, the New York Jets... You are up. Or wait, were they were they winning? I yeah, can't even they were remember. Winning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thirty. It was thirty-four twenty-eight. You are up by six points. Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders have the ball at pretty much midfield, right? Or maybe a little bit past. Like the fifty, were, the forty. It was. Like that. It was. A here, let's see. It was a 46 yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs with five seconds remaining while they were down by four. The score was 28 to 24. The Jets were leading. The, okay. yeah, the, yeah. the Raiders needed a touchdown to win the game. 
and Greg Williams makes one of the worst plea calls in the history of the NFL, calling a cover zero blitz, meaning he rushed eight, dropped three back into coverage, only three, and they played single man coverage on the guy that ran a 4-2 40-yard dash and Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest players in the league. And obviously, Henry Ruggs is going gonna, is gonna to get, get by your cornerback. I mean, and he doesn't have any safety help either. So I bet Derek Carr, he saw those linebackers coming at him, and he was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going to get this throw because, first of all, I have Henry Ruggs on the outside, and he's in single man coverage, like I said, and he's going to get by his man. And that's just going to be an easy touchdown. And um, after the game, Monday morning, Greg Williams was fired um, as the defensive coordinator. Um, I think that's it for him in the NFL. Um, I mean, literally like a peewee football coach could have called a better defensive play than that. Well, dude, that's why I'm 13 seconds left in the game. That is something you absolutely do not do. It's unprecedented. I mean, it is absolutely wrong. And I feel bad for every single Jets player because their coach did not put them in the right position to win the game. That is absolutely a shame that it happened. And Greg Williams deserved to be fired for that because that is, that is as close as you can get to trying to lose a game. I mean, as you can possibly get like, Anybody, anybody could have made a better play call than that. And Greg Williams is is cheap. He he he's a dirty head, a dirty defensive coordinator. His players are forced to play dirty. Um, for instance, Bounty Gate. That he's outdated and doesn't belong in the NFL. And the fact that he did that with 13 seconds on the line, when these players on the Jets are just suffering suffering through having to play for a crappy organization with a crappy head coach with with a crappy GM that has been garbage ever since I mean ever since they made the AFC championship game with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez right which was nearly like a fluke right they've been garbage ever since then they haven't really done anything since Joe Namath won Super Bowl three against the Baltimore Colts and Johnny Unitas and Earl Morrill and the gang all right so I mean, it's unbelievable. You're 0-11. You need a win. Your players are miserable, and you call the worst possible play that is going to cost your team a win. Heartbreaking, and I'm really disappointed in that because I truly, honestly believe that that's proof that they're not trying to win the game. 100%. Well, dude, everything you just said, literally everything you just said is what I wanted to get out of my conscience like everything I wanted to say I couldn't I couldn't do that because I felt such utter disbelief that I mean dude like it's 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 common sense man there's six seconds left on the clock you think he's gonna run the ball at the fifth at at the 40 gosh dude and it's it is it is embarrassing and I feel as much as I dog on the Jets and as we uh make fun of the you know okay nobody likes to be the the team to get picked on nobody likes to be the team that hasn't won any games okay I get that I'm gonna stop today 
because I legitimately feel sorry and sad for this fan base. I don't feel sorry for the organization. They put themselves in this position. But to, but to the fans, to the people who spend, I don't know how many people buy season tickets for the Jets. And I don't mean that as a joke in any way, but however many. I feel bad for every single one of you. I don't know what that's like to have what it seems like is a team that almost is trying to lose on purpose. And if you're doing that to just win draft picks and win lottery picks, how well did it work for the 76ers? Trust the process. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. You've having a loser's mentality not just in sports, but just in life. In this case, it's sports. They have, they play with a loser's mentality. They step on the field every day and know they're going to lose that game. And they've lost 12 games in a row this year because they walk onto the field with that same mentality. And they had a defensive coordinator who had the balls the huevos to call a blitz with six seconds to go. Dude, put all of your, put everybody in the flipping end zone, dude. This was your opportunity to win one game. And you, like, dude, I, that's all I have it, to say. It, just, wasn't like, it, it wasn't like Greg Williams caught a blitz and just blitzed like an outside linebacker or something trying to get at, at Derek Carr. Right. He blitzed eight. He rushed eight. And first of all, they, they didn't get to Derek Carr. <laughs> right. So, That's the other so, part. So they didn't get to Derek Carr. And uh, also, like I said, the play before that, Nelson Aguilar had his man beat in the end zone in a pass that was just overthrown by Carr. Right. So what did the Jets do? They're like, well, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And – it, it's a shame to see it happen. And Rex Ryan said it on get up and um, Rex Ryan's dad, buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator for arguably the greatest defense in the history of the NFL, the 85 bears um, known for their, their 46 defense. Um, yeah. He said on get up, he was like, my dad who was known for the 46 defense known for blitzing wouldn't have made that play call. And He's like, he would have gone after Derek Carr, but he wouldn't have rushed eight like that. He, like, right. like there, there are ways to get after the quarterback and you don't have to rush eight. And then what do we see? What do we see Washington do when they had um, a lead against Pittsburgh last night? They rushed three and dropped eight, right? I mean, yes. literally, it, it's, it's ask Madden on Madden. It, all they had to do was ask Madden. That's all they had to do. They would have won the game. That is, how the, that is how the Jets play football. They ask Madden every single time. No, 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 no. They don't ask Madden. If they asked sorry, Madden, sorry, they'd sorry, win. Sorry. That's not what I uh, – sorry. Let me word that differently. They don't ask Madden when they should ask Madden. They look to – who knows? They're a coach. They're, they're, uh, they're, they, they, uh, you know how right before you start a franchise mode, you can either – do like the coach, like the actual like active coach, or you can like create a custom coach. Yeah. 
I think they created a custom coach. I can't even come up with a name for him right now. Dude, like, it's... It's unbelievable. It's sad, and it's pathetic. I was... My dad was watching the game. And he even said, why did they Why did they blitz eight? My Okay, my dad watches football. He loves football. Uh... He, I'm way more of a sports nut than he is. Like he couldn't come on the show. We gotta have him on the show. Uh, we, we could, we couldn't. Uh, he, he, we, we could sit down and we could talk about players and all that stuff. But like the game itself, uh, he doesn't like. He just, I guess, hasn't taken the time to understand like the 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 common like he's science. He's an average sportsman. Yes, not and like he still noticed it, and he still. No, and he goes, and he was like, "Man, that was stupid. Just cover, just like coverage. Go back." Yeah. It's, and, and it could have been your, uh, and it could have been your first one of the season. Like it. Uh, so, let's just, man. Well, let's get into this. Yes. yes. Odds are the Jets are going to have the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Yes. We all know who that's going to be. Mr. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. If you're Trevor Lawrence, would you play for the Jets? Only Trevor Lawrence knows the answer to that question. Um, if I were Trevor Lawrence, and I mean, okay, counter uh, question towards the Jets, or if if I'm Trevor Lawrence. And this is the draft interview right now. Right now. You're, you're the general manager. I have the coach. Everybody. Everybody who has a say. Here's what I ask. Who are you going to surround me with? you going to go out and get other players? Or am I going to have to play with, and also, the coaching staff? Mm-hmm. I'm not playing for that coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? Like I was saying, uh, before we started the show, Peyton and I were talking and, and I brought up the fact that Trevor Lawrence, his play style at Clemson is just, he, he runs the show. He runs the show down there. That's why they're successful because that's the type of player that Trevor Lawrence is. I don't see Trevor Lawrence walking in to walking onto the Jets field and being given just here are the keys, take them. Unless the Jets are just like, all right, well, this is our only option. I go into that locker room wherever I go into the general manager's office. I sit him down and I look him in the eye and I say, you need to surround me with a better team. A team that's – now, not all your problems can be solved on day one. You can't just go out and get a bunch of – you know, this, it's going to be a long road back, but at least get pieces to build around me. I, I, I am your cornerstone. I'm your franchise cornerstone. And you look at what every successful team that is, has rebuilt their franchise. Look at the Browns. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Seahawks. Look at all the teams that are successful now started with a cornerstone and surrounded, they groomed their cornerstone, and they surrounded their cornerstone 
with little other tiny, you know, with sheep, you know, mm -hmm. you have to surround him with, with players that not only believe in a winner's mentality, but they believe in each other. You really think Trevor Lawrence is going to walk into that locker room with the team? Subtract Sam Darnold from, from this right now or whoever. Just subtract the quarterback situation and put Trevor Lawrence in there. You think anything's going to change? I can tell you it's not. It doesn't matter how good Trevor Lawrence is. It doesn't matter how far he can throw. The, it, it doesn't matter. The team that he has set around him is not built to be successful. They've got to make changes. It starts with the coaching staff, though. Yep. The clean house. Start over. Start fresh. You got your quarterback you wanted. Now go out and get other pieces. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying go out and trade 500 first-round picks for DK Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins or Tyree Kill. I'm not saying that. Don't be stupid. But at least just make those those small make a make clean clean trades. There are in sports when you're talking about trades, there are clean trades and there are messy trades. The DeAndre Hopkins trade from the Texans to the Cardinals that was messy. Oh yeah, that was pathetic. Dude, like, I, I, and not and not only because the Cardinals absolutely fleece the Texans on that deal. Uh, look at how, I mean, and, and look at the situation D-Hop got out of. Oh, D-Hop got blessed. Dude, to be, I'd want Kyler Murray throwing the ball to me. Mm -hmm. 100%. And Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. Again, and this is the example, the, the Texans right now, and their coaching situation is, is a whole nother, like, the, and, and again, it starts, I, I think, it starts with who's, with who's calling the shots, with upper management, with your general manager, and your coaching staff, the defensive coordinator. Dude, everybody. It takes everybody to win. Everybody has to have the same mentality. Everybody has to be behind each other and have each other's back. The Jets are nowhere near. They are 500 solar systems away from that. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying they can't get there. But if you don't at least explore the possibility of maybe making some tough decisions on the coaching staff, maybe making some – and I don't think anything is a tough decision. You're 0-12. Get it together. Literally, yeah. Get it together. So I think that's what they got to do. To kind of all – to kind of bring that into one, they've got to look themselves in the mirror and go, where do we go from here? What, what changes do we make? One step at a time, one day at a time. It's going to be a long road. I think it's possible. Um, that's what I'd say if I'm Trevor Lawrence. I, I would say you've got to surround me with a better team. It doesn't have to be a all – like don't – like I said, don't go out and trade, you know, everything for one player. You know, get some building blocks. Mm -hmm. Some people you can surround them with that are going to, that, that are going to be – set up to be successful. That's what I say to it. I absolutely do not believe that Trevor Lawrence should play for the Jets. And here's why. Eli Manning 
said the words, I don't want to play for the San Diego Chargers. So on draft night, Chargers drafted him number one overall regardless and traded him to the New York Giants for Phillip Rivers. All right? And because Eli Manning said, I do not want to play for the San Diego Chargers, is probably why Eli will most likely be a first ballot Hall of Famer and Phillip Rivers might not be. Same thing with Elway. Elway said, I'm not playing for the Colts. I want to play for the Broncos. Look what happened. Mm -hmm. Great things happened. Trevor Lawrence, you got to know your worth. You got to know your worth. You're worth a lot. Mm -hmm. You're worth a lot in this league. A lot of people will give up a lot of stuff to have you as their quarterback for the future. You got to know your worth. You got to look at the Jets and you got to make this public. You got to make this clear. You got to make this loud, proud, and clear to everyone that you will not, do not want to play for the New York Jets. That organization is just awful. They're awful. They're pathetic. They're much like the Browns were a few years ago, a few years ago. Just they have no direction and they're also not trying to win. Mm -hmm. How can you play for someone? How can you be bought into someone that you know purposely lost games? And while it may be because of you, that's why they were losing the games, but they still had the mentality of going into the season saying, no, we're going to lose. And back to your point, listen, maybe if they convince him that they're going to go out and sign Allen Robinson at wide receiver, which I think would be a great move for them to try and convince Trevor Lawrence to come there. Um, maybe if they say they're going to help get that offensive line better, that um, he, should, he should go there for sure, because that is a big thing for rookies. And maybe if they say that they're going to put another running back behind him, other than an ancient Frank Gore, all right, no disrespect to a legend in Frank Gore, but the, the, the man is a dinosaur, right? Yes. I mean, he, he's like, a, he's like a, a, a flash to the past now, right? Like, so, um, I mean, seriously, the Jets have problems, and they might be able to tell Trevor Lawrence, yeah, we're going to go do this and that and this. They haven't ever. They haven't ever done that. So if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm not looking at staying at Clemson for a year. I'm, I'm, I'm going into the NFL next year, but it's not for the New York Jets. So you mentioned the Eli Manning, John Elway situation. Do you think the same thing could and or maybe will happen? The Jets will pick Lawrence number one overall and they'll deal him for a bunch of goodies? Yeah. Or maybe one goodie and a couple. Eh. Listen, if Trevor Lawrence holds out, there will be teams calling. Multiple. Multiple teams calling. Washington might call. And I love Alex Smith, but let's face it, they need a quarterback for the future. Right. Washington might call. They might be able to give them something. Jacksonville might call. We could see a Justin Fields for Trevor Lawrence trade. Because I think anyone in their right mind would easily rather have Trevor Lawrence rather than Justin Fields. Right. The Bears might call. There's a lot of teams that might call. The um, Falcons might call. They need a quarterback for the future. 
What about the Eagles? Yeah, they might call too. They might be. call too. We could see maybe a Carson Wentz for, for Trevor Lawrence deal this offseason. Because now I hope that Trevor Lawrence has the guts to do it. Because it is, it is pretty hard as a young kid that hasn't really made your living yet in the NFL. You might think that and you might feel that you have no leverage. You're the number one overall pick. And it doesn't matter who has the number one overall pick. You're the number one overall pick. And we all knew you were the number one overall pick going into the year. You have all the power in the world. Yes. We're seeing leagues like the NBA where the players have more powers than the general manager, right? And the coaches sometimes even. Like, look at LeBron, right? And now, while Trevor Lawrence may not be on the status as LeBron James, obviously, but we are seeing players have more power in what they want to do. And if I'm Trevor right. Lawrence, I'm making a wise business decision and I'm telling the New York Jets, there ain't no way in hell that I'm playing for your sorry franchise ever. I'm not going to play a single down in a Jets jersey. That's, that's the way I see it. I think that Trevor Lawrence would be much better off in a team like Jacksonville even. And I understand Jacksonville's franchise hasn't been very great, but they were in the AFC Championship a few years ago, and they were probably one great quarterback away from being legit Super Bowl contenders with a wonderful defense, a great running game, and a good offensive line that was protecting Blake Bortles, right? So we also seen Gardner Minshew play nice games this year, but I don't think Gardner Minshew is a franchise quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I love the man. I love Minshew mania. I have a Minshew jersey. But he's not, he's not a franchise quarterback. I said that going into the year that if he didn't start off hot, they were going to tank for Trevor. And it looks like that's what they're doing right now by starting Mike Glennon. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is better off on name any other team than the Jets. The New York Jets, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I, all the teams that, that you listed off as potential suitors – um, trade partners, uh, man, what does, and, and we'll, we'll move on here in a second. Uh, one more question. Uh, we, we, and I hesitate to ask because this is a question that we could get stuck on this for a while, but we'll, we'll try to keep it short. What does a Trevor Lawrence trade look like? That is, is it a, how many teams out there can give a clean deal for Trevor Lawrence or, and vice versa, how many can give a messy deal for Trevor Lawrence? I feel like most of them are going to be messy. Oh, yeah. Like you're – so, I mean, I'm trying to – and again, I, and I'm trying to think of teams that are in a position – are in a, okay, we need a quarterback position, but also have – the pieces to trade. I look at a team like when, when healthy, let's say this team is a hundred percent healthy. Nobody has COVID this team at, at the core of this team is healthy. I look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys and I go, they've got some, great great young talent they have great wideouts 
their defense is huh, they've got good piece they've got good pieces they are all around they've got good pieces on their football team if their team was 100% healthy they should be way better they should be winning that division by a long shot uh, let's be real if Dak Prescott's healthy if Zeke's healthy and their defense plays to what a lot of people say it can or should it should that team should win that division by a mile. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I look at a team like that and I go, is it, is it, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. We all know that he's, he's going to be a star in this league. Is it worth, and I'm not going to name any particular trade, but like, do you give up Dak Prescott and, futures maybe a draft pick maybe a couple and put it all on the line and go you know what maybe trevor lawrence is the guy see that's an interesting idea but with the cowboys situation in particular Dak is going to be a free agent at the end of the year so therefore oh. the the cowboys can't they would have to re-sign Dak and then that's trade it. him which um obviously that just wouldn't be really good situation if they um, resigned him and traded him like that that would kind of be i'm sure jerry jones would take a lot of heat for that if he, <laughs> um but uh, i can I, see yeah. a team i can see a team this is this is what a trevor lawrence trade will look like there's gonna need there's you're gonna need to throw in probably two first round picks and another quarterback in the deal and some mid-round picks mid to late round picks as well um I'm looking at a team like Atlanta who they could trade Matt Ryan. We've heard Matt Ryan trade rumors. We've heard that Atlanta wants to blow it up, that they want to start new, that they want to get young. They can give up some picks, give up Matt Ryan, get Trevor Lawrence. Now, the only problem is I don't know if the Jets take that deal because of Matt Ryan's age. Right. That's the only issue with that. But I think that that's a very real possibility that that could happen. Now, I don't have any inside – um, information, but that's a, I feel like that is a real possibility. We could see them maybe even giving up Julio Jones in a trade. Um, because we've heard that they just want to blow it all up and give up on what they had. Understand that that time their, their championship window is over. It has ended, it has closed and they want to move on. Now, another team I could see doing that is the bears. Um, obviously if the jets are, you know, they're given enough picks Maybe the Bears draft another quarterback. Let's say, let's say Kyle Trask wins the Heisman, right? He's a, he's a mid-first-round pick, right? He picks up a lot of steam as an NFL prospect. Now, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how he would translate to the NFL. But he is, doing, he is playing very well in Florida right now with um, not a whole lot of great weapons. He has um, Kyle Pitts, who is a great tight end. But... He's not really got a whole lot going on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He's getting no help on defense. But anyways, let's say Kyle Trask wins the Heisman. He becomes a real prospect for mid-first-round pick. That's probably where the Bears are going to be drafting. Yeah. Could we see a draft night trade of Kyle Trask and a couple picks, first-round pick um, for next year, and a couple maybe a second-round pick, third-round pick, fourth-round pick, and maybe a couple later round picks for the number one overall pick 
the drafting rights to Trevor Lawrence. Wow. That's something that I could see happening right there. Because, but it all starts with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence needs to say, I'm not playing I for do. the Jets. Right. I'm not huh? doing it. Because he has the power to be able to do that. Um, Kyle Trask doesn't have the power to be able to do that. Right. Because as far, as far as we know, he's kind of a Joe Burrow situation where we didn't know of him until this year. Last year, he was very mediocre. Right. And this year, he's a Heisman candidate. And he's actually on pace to throw for more touchdowns than Joe Burrow did last year. I read that. Um, I read that. So that's a situation that I could see where Kyle Trask actually ends up being traded for Trevor Lawrence on draft night, much like Eli Manning was traded for Phillip Rivers on draft night. Boy, I'm excited. Who who else is excited about the draft now? Man, right? I think I I just might have started the – one of the biggest (laughs) draft conspiracies that anyone has come up with. But I'm serious. I mean, it's – that is reasonable. It's not. It's not that hot of a take at all. Yeah. It's. It gets. That's. It's. A, there's a very good possibility of all that happening. Um, but. Yeah. So I guess, to kind of wrap it up, um, I think if Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jets, it will be for approximately five seconds, and uh, the Jets will trade him because he told them to screw off. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, remember when Eli held up the uh, the Chargers jersey and he was looking all sad? He was like, "That's that's how Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is going to hold up his Jets jersey on draft night. He's going to be like, man, really, man, man, what am I doing?'" <laughs> anyway, that that'll wrap up the Jets segment. Enough about that. Again, shout out to Jets Nation. Hopefully, they can take flight. Hashtag take flight one day. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, so some interesting news. Uh, well, depending on who you are, it may not be interesting or not a surprise at all. Uh, Doug Peterson announcing that they have benched Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts as the starter for the immediate future. Now, Peyton, we've been talking about this with the other guys from the Albatross Sports Army Nation empire whatever you want to call it pretty lengthy discussion actually oh yeah where where do the eagles go from here so i i you we last time i believe was it was our first instagram live video we had a pretty lengthy discussion about carson wentz Mm -hmm. um and i believe you even said we can go back and check I would love to because I'm interested. You said that eventually it's 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 going to happen. He's going to be benched. And what do you know? Yeah, he got he has his his time. His time's done for 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 now. But what what does this mean for the Eagles? Where do the Eagles go from here? And how big of an opportunity is this for Jalen Hurts? Well, for Jalen Hurts, this is a huge opportunity. Right. Um, for Carson Wentz, um, this is not good. No. <laughs> now, if we're talking about the Eagles situation, specifically the Eagles, leaving out Carson Wentz, leaving out the, what this means for Jalen Hurts, what does this mean for the Philadelphia Eagles? They're toast. They're done. 
I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts, I don't see it. I think they reached for him in the second round. I think that he was a fourth-round prospect at best. Um, he's not advanced at passing whatsoever, um, and he's not nearly the athlete as these guys like Lamar Jackson are. Um, so I don't see it with Jalen Hurts in the NFL. Maybe he can provide a spark to a bad team that is struggling, um, mainly because they probably were sick of Carson Wentz and him just being a, being a bum this year, I mean, honestly. But in all seriousness, this was Jalen Hurts' stats in the game last year or last week against the Packers when he filled in for the abysmal Carson Wentz. He completed 41.7% of his passes for 109 yards, a touchdown, and an interception with a 67.7 passer rating. So there's really nothing right there that we're going to go um, head over heels about, to be honest with you. Um, the Eagles are screwed either way. They're toast. They're done. Um, they're, they might be the worst team in that division right now. Yes, I know the Cowboys are still in that division. The Cowboys might be better than the Eagles right now. I might have more faith in Andy Dolan than I do in Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts, in all honesty. But what does this mean for Carson Wentz? Um, obviously, I have brought up the idea that I have that maybe Carson Wentz is going to retire. Um, now, obviously, that's a little bit out there. Um, but Carson Wentz, if he's not on the team, is going to cost them a lot, of, a lot of money next year. Carson Wentz almost needs to be on the Eagles if they want to pay that money. But do you want to pay that money for, to a guy who's your backup? Right now, right. I'm going to say this right now. Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He yes. is very talented. Okay. And we've seen him do it. And that's why it's hard to let go because we've seen it happen. We've seen him do it. Right. We've seen him almost get there. And the big question was, will he be healthy? And now we're seeing him healthy, and now he's not doing it, right? So it's something in between the ears. It's in his head. He needs to go see a sports psychologist or something. He needs to get himself right. He needs to get his mentals right. And this is why it's a good move to put in Jalen Hurts. One, you're going to find out if Jalen Hurts is a future. I don't believe he's going to be, but you're going to find out, right? Two. Right. You're going to give Carson Wentz a, 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 a little bit of time to step back, fix himself, get himself right, see if he still even loves playing football, um, get himself right, get himself out of his own way, and get ready to be the quarterback that we think that he can be, whether it's for Philly or whether it's for another team. Now, I have heard – we're going, more, we're going back to tra crazy trades, have heard some rumblings of him potentially being traded to the Indianapolis Colts this offseason. Um, if they were able to restructure that contract, I think it would be a great idea for the Colts. The offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach, I'm not sure which one, but he had he, Frank Reich played a big role in that Eagles offense in 2017 when Carson Wentz was playing at an MVP level before he tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. um, if you're Carson Wentz, I believe that that's a good option for you as well to maybe reestablish yourself as a talented quarterback because obviously I think Phillip Rivers is going to be a one-and-done type quarterback. I think this might be 
his last year, if not his second to last year, the court, the Colts are going to have some serious quarterback questions coming up. I don't think that Jacoby Brissett is the answer at all. Um, but they could potentially trade for Carson Wentz. I see, I see that potentially happening. And if they can't restructure the contract, they're going to have to give up a lot to get Carson Wentz because they're going to be taking on a big contract and taking a big risk to a quarterback that has honestly played like one of the worst quarterbacks statistically in the entire NFL. Um, so that's how I see it. Carson Wentz, try to reestablish yourself, try to find yourself. Eagles, see if Jalen Hurts is the guy. If not, maybe you might go back to Wentz. But I think the relationship between Wentz and the Eagles is broken. It's never a good idea to get back with your ex. So I think they need to move on from Carson Wentz. Well said. Um, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And, dude, watching him against Green Bay uh, on Sunday was just like – the dude looks cooked. Like, we'll, we'll keep saying it till the day that he d- doesn't look cooked. Like, right now, he – he looks absolutely shredded. Um, I was reading an article um, brought up from the NFL, just the official NFL website. Um, and they're going through, they made a list of like, they made like eight bullet points talking about like, okay, like this is what we know so far, blah, 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 going through each team. They get to the Eagles. Um, and I thought this was interesting um, says if Hertz proves to be the number one quarterback moving forward, his contract is still small enough for the Eagles to just roll with Wentz as the number two quarterback, unless they find a trade partner for him until cutting him makes financial sense after the 2023 season, which is when Hertz rookie deal expires. Yeah, because I'm reading an article right now, releasing Wentz soon after the league year starts in March would cost the Eagles $59.2 million in dead money and include an extra cap hit of $24.5 million. Trading him still costs the Eagles $33.8 million in dead money, but that comes with a cap saving of almost $853,000 in 2021. And, you know... It's just going to cost them a, a buttload of money if, if, if they release once or if they even trade him. So continue what you're saying. Wentz has an expensive deal. It's hard. No, to- it, it's, it, is, it, it is one of those, you know, you're as a general manager, as somebody in charge, as, as a boss, it doesn't matter what you do. You're, you're going to have to make decisions one day sooner or later and, they may or may not sting for a while. Some of them will really bite you in the butt. And some of them might cost you your job. That's life. It just happens. I think it's – and this is important to remember when, you know, because Peyton and I here on the show will always be talking from a fan's perspective. Neither one of us is, I mean, keep our dreams alive, but I don't think we'll ever be sitting in a – I know I won't. Maybe Peyton will. I will never be sitting in a general manager's chair for any organization in the NFL because I would trade every single first round pick and every, I, I would trade every single draft. We, we wouldn't have any draft picks and every single player 
that was on our roster would be 35 years old and above because we haven't draft, drafted you would, you would play like it's franchise mode in Madden. Right. No be like, I'll give you three first-round picks and um, <laughs> and, uh, Tyree, and, and Tyree Kill for oh. – uh, <laughs> like, Oh, you know. man. I'm the, I'm the Jets. Man, I think Patrick Mahomes would look great in a Jets uniform. You yep. know what? We're going to give you the next 15 years of first-round yep. picks. 15 oh, years of first-round picks. Oh, I'm not done. 15 years of the first, 15 of the second, and the third, and the fourth. And then also, <laughs> we're going to give you um, probably all of our wideouts. I think Commissioner Goodell would be like, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, I don't know about this one, man. Ending right now. <laughs> I might have to say no to that. And the trade interest is just still going to be in the red. It's always in the red, man. Dude, and then you you try to sweeten it up just a little bit, and it gets to, like, orange and then yellow. And then you're like, man, what else can I give you? I tried to sell you my whole team. I was trying to I was trying to get Khalil Mack from the Bears once. I was playing as the Browns and I was like, you know, I think Khalil Mack would look pretty good in a Browns jersey. Oh my I tried God. to give them like three first round picks and like Baker Mayfield for Khalil Mack and like they, they it, it, it it was like still this this much filled in on the bar. I was like they weren't having it. <laughs> I was like if you were offered this in real life, you would be like, okay, like bet, like say less. Like and oh, Khalil yeah. Mack would already be on a plane to Cleveland. So like, but anyways, yeah, the, no. the general manager um, in Philadelphia certainly has gotten himself into a little bit of a pickle here. Um, I'm I think not it's sure a, what he's going to end up doing. I think it, it is, it is a tough, it's a tough pickle to get out of. I think it's definitely manageable though. And it, you might have to, you might have to suck in. You might have to take a, take some heat for the, all the money, but I think eventually, you know, you'll be able to find your way out of this one. Yeah. There are, there are some instances and I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Um, and I don't want to get into another discussion, uh, but there are times when you just do something and you go, well, we're going to have to eat this for a very long time. I don't think this is something you eat for a very long time. I, I think it, it'll be, you know, well, who knows, especially with the world we're living in nowadays you know, with, with the way that COVID-19 has impacted just the sports world financially. I mean, we, we can't, we just, the simple answer to the question is we just don't know. Yeah. We don't know. know. Moving forward. So, um, I liked what this said though, saying, you know, it's, you know, if if Hertz proves to be that quarterback moving forward, if he if he proves to be their guy, and again, if if he proves it, mm-hmm. and then what if he doesn't? What if Jalen Hurts is just as bad, if not worse, than Carson Wentz? Then what do you do? It's a tough it's a tough situation, man. It's a tough draw, but uh, I mean, man, I I just I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. The Eagles need to fix themselves. I think they need to blow it up. I think they need to rebuild. I think they need to find their way. I think they need to move on from Doug Peterson. I think they need to move on from Carson Wentz. Um, I think maybe if Trevor Lawrence, like I said earlier, back to that old point, Trevor Lawrence says, hey, guys, not playing for the Jets. Not playing for the Jets. The Eagles are like, oh, 
maybe we can package a deal with Wentz. We can restructure this contract and Hello? we can give up a bunch of picks. Everything we'll give you, whatever you want. We'll give you all of our concession stands. We'll give you uh, yep. part, every single parking space. Oh my God. We'll, oh, uh, we'll throw in two Mercedes, but like, dude, everything. Anything. Everything. Yep. And I, I would 100% agree with it. I would love that. I would love that. And you know who would love that even better? Our CEO, Jordan McNulty. Shout really out to CEO. Shout out, shout out to the CEO, man. Sure. Uh, but uh, so now that we're going to get in the Browns, right? Going to get into the, the Browns. Let me ask you a question, Peyton, and I think I already know what you're going to say to this. Are the Browns for real? There is a few variables. There are a few variables in the equation to the Browns that will prove whether or not they are ready to make a championship run. One is Baker Mayfield, and two is the consistency of the team as a whole, mainly Baker Mayfield. Mainly right. there's one big variable, though, and that's Baker Mayfield. And last week, I'm so serious – Last week was the first time that I watched Baker Mayfield, and I felt like this was the old Baker back when he was a rookie, back when he set the rookie passing touchdown record, right? This was the old Baker that I fell in love with, right? I didn't want him. I didn't want the Browns to draft him. I wanted us to draft Josh Allen. I didn't want us to draft Baker Mayfield. I wanted us to take Josh Allen, but we took Baker Mayfield instead. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. He comes in as a rookie, sets a rookie passing touchdown record, right? Last week was the best game that Baker Mayfield has played, has played in since his uniform said Oklahoma on it. And he won the Heisman Trophy. It's promising. It's exciting. It's nice. The Tennessee's pass, pass defense is ranked 20th, however. Um, that's not very good, you know? So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if Baker Mayfield does this, right, consistently, he finds a way to be a good quarterback consistently, right? He doesn't have to light them up for four touchdowns in the first half every time, 300 yards every single time. Be a consistent, right. good quarterback. 250 yards, two or, two or more touchdowns, no picks, no interceptions, which he hasn't done in the past, I believe, four weeks. He hasn't thrown an interception. Um, maybe even more than that, right? Which is a huge thing. You can't be turning over the ball. If he does that, the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. If Baker Mayfield plays like he did against the Tennessee Titans consistently, the Browns are easily Super Bowl contenders. And I think they'll, they might win out. They might go 13-3. and three. If you look at their schedule, they play the Ravens next week. Potential win. Potential bounce back game. If Baker Mayfield is still on fire, that's a potential win right there. Then they play the Giants and then they play the Jets. They should win both of those games. And then they play the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. The revenge game. And if Baker Mayfield is playing like that, they're a better team than Pittsburgh. If Baker Mayfield is on his game, and I can always tell, I can always tell when Baker is going to be in a rhythm. He's He's one of those guys that they get in their bag and you can just tell he was in his bag. Like it, against Tennessee, Baker was in his bag. He was feeling himself. He was, he, was, he was accurate. He was throwing nice passes, making nice reads, and he was comfortable, right? 
you could tell. If Baker is in his bag and he's feeling himself for the rest of the season, I could see the Browns winning the division at 13-3 and and making the Super Bowl. Now, it's going to be hard to get through the Chiefs, but if Baker is in his bag, but but that's such a big if because we haven't seen Baker be in his bag for more than like maybe two weeks at a time, right? Yeah. This is – this is the first big win of Baker's career where I feel like this, is, this was a meaningful game. He needed this game. But now this is the problem with the Browns. Everyone's talking. All eyes are on them. Everyone is now buzzing about you guys, talking about you guys. But this is why I love Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. And I said this in the offseason that it was a great hire. Everyone called me a homer. They're like, we don't even know this guy. You guys should have had Robert Sala. No. This was a great hire. Why? Because what has Kevin Stefanski said as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns? You can't tell me what he said because he's all about that action. He's not about the talk. Freddie Kitchens was about the talk. Freddie Kitchens turned into a clown show. Kevin Stefanski in the locker room, he says, listen, we're just about winning. He's all about that action. He's not about the talk. And that's, that's played off into Baker as well. Baker hasn't been talking too much. And he quoted the office by saying, uh, this season, basically, I just think of what an idiot would do, and I just wouldn't do that. Something along the, like, along the lines of that. I probably messed up yeah. the quote, but you get what I'm saying. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know it was kind of a funny joke from the office, but in all seriousness, Baker Mayfield isn't – he's not saying – he's saying the right things rather than the wrong things that he was saying last year. And – this Browns team is on the come up. They're on the rise. They are up next. But are they ready? Only if Baker can continue to play consistently at a high level. If he does that, the Browns are contenders. If he doesn't do that, if he plays like last year's Baker, the Browns are done and they're overrated. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think so as a Chiefs fan. I don't obviously we are not going to sleepwalk our way to the we we have to earn it every year just like everybody else. There are two teams in the AFC that not gonna lie, would be a little afraid to take on. It doesn't matter if it's at Arrowhead, I don't care. That would be the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. Both of those teams. And here's why. You know what you're gonna get with Pittsburgh. Big Ben's been at this the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, they're new to this man. They're new. Man, you don't you don't know. And also it's it's how they play. You don't you as a defense, you don't know. You don't know what they're gonna do. Whereas Big Ben, you've and the Steelers, you've you've seen the system, you've seen how they operate. And this is why good young teams are so dangerous. They're unpredictable. You don't know what they're you, you don't know what they're gonna bring at you. You don't know what they're gonna come at you with. I to say it in the and I and everybody knows how much of a how diehard Chiefs fan. How big of a fan I am. If the Chiefs ended up losing to if they lose to the Steelers, I'm gonna go ballistic. I'm <laughs> Ah, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I will have.
have to admit the Steelers are a real team. I said, hey, I said, hey, come beat a real team. And you know what if they do? Hey, hey, you won. You won. If they lost to the Bills or the Browns, and I'm not just saying this because my man Peyton's on the other side on the show. If I didn't like the Browns, I would let you know. I'd oh, yeah. be like, you're gonna keep it a hundred. I always keep it a hundred, man. I, man, I got the two jerseys. Man, I I got PJs, man. I got every. I got socks. I got every. Bro, I'm telling you, I always keep it a hundred. I will be disappointed that my team didn't go back to back. But there are two teams that I would, if I had to see my team lose, there are two teams that I would. I would love to see go on to the Super Bowl. And that would be either the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo Bills because I have tremendous respect for both Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. And seeing those guys take these two organizations, dude, where, dude, it was Cleveland, Buffalo, and everybody else. (laughs) You know? Yep. And they, dude, they have turned it around. They are both Super Bowl contenders. They are both Super Bowl contenders. If anybody doubts that the Cleveland Browns, listen up right now. Everybody that's listening, look out. Baker Mayfield is the real deal. Their running tandem is unbelievable. Rashard Higgins is a great player. Their defense is good. Dude, like, man, look out for the Cleveland Browns. See, that was, that was a big thing that I saw out of, out of that offense last week. We got Rashard Higgins incorporated. I've been preaching that for weeks, ever since Odell got hurt. What have I been telling everyone? I know you've heard me say it as well. Baker has a great connection. He's extremely comfortable throwing the ball to Rashard Higgins. They click, and I understand he's not a household name, but he works. He works. He's a good wide receiver. He's much like Demarcus Robinson on the Chiefs, okay? Not a household name, but a very solid wide receiver. We got him, and Kevin Stefanski in that offense got him incorporated in the game, and I think Baker looked really good because he was able to do much like he had in his rookie year where he had Jarvis as his, as his number one and then a perfect number two that he's completely comfortable with in Rashard Higgins. And I think it helped him out a lot against the Titans last Sunday. And the best thing, listen, I've rooted for Baker Mayfield. I, 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 he, I like his attitude. I understand that sometimes he can seem a little bit arrogant, but my thing with Baker was a never – how he acted okay I never had a problem with his attitude I just said if you if you talk like you're about it and you act like you're about it then be about it right go show me show me if you say you're great if you say you're going to be great then show me go out there and show me how great you're going to be and he has he hasn't really shown me that he's going to be that great and I like that this season he is taking from the wise words of Marshawn Lynch, I'm just about that action, boss. I like that. I like that. That's one of my favorite all-time clips from, from any. It's, it's just a great quote. He's just about that action. You don't have to worry about talking. 
because your play can, is going to back it up. And this year, the Browns and the media the, – see, the media used to love the Browns. They used to love talking about the Browns because our head coach was an absolute clown and our quarterback was also an absolute clown. And then we had OBJ and Jarvis who acted like absolute clowns. And then we also, on top of all that, had Miles Garrett basically commit physical assault on a football field last year. So – Hey um, man, what'd you what'd you say? I can't wear my Rolex watches. Huh? <laughs> it's not man. about that. It's not about the Rolex watches with 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 o, o, OBJ, but it's it's just I about know. the just the the antics, the 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 media. Whenever whenever you're just about that action, you're just about that work and about that grind. You do better, right? And the Browns last year were a circus show. This year. They're a professional football team. Yeah, understand, and they're just about that action balls. Man, it'll be interesting. I, I would, I would love to see a Browns Chiefs AFC Championship. That would be a doozy. Can you imagine a doozy. I might, ta- I might not talk to you for like a week or two. I might. Well, you know, obviously, depending on what happens, you may. Not, I mean, I might have to take like a, a two month leave. <laughs> Eve of absence. I'll be doing the show by myself. Well, Jeff's not here with me today because he's uh, currently in depression because the Chiefs lost to the Browns. Well, so, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, man. Hey, Browns are legit. Bills are legit. It's gonna be a fun, fun year. It's gonna be fun oh, to yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's do our week fourteen picks. Let's do it. Peyton, who you got, man? Who you, who you thinking this week? Who is going to be the big show? Who is going to stand out? Who is going to maybe upset the Seahawks? <laughs> Jets? I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Don't, um, go there. Don't go there again, bro. Wait, what was it that I said? Last? I, oh, no. You said you, you need to start every time. Every time. We, I mentioned, uh, or you say like, oh yeah, so the Jets are playing the Seahawks, so you know, free win. I'm just gonna go, hey. <laughs> yeah, don't don't hey me. That's don't what we said last week. Don't hey me. Don't do that. They don't deserve to win nothing. Man, hey, listen, the Jets have got to win a game at some time. <laughs> listen, this is going to be an interesting game. That's our first merch shirt, by the way. Is just hey. <laughs> It's, it says, it says, hey, and then period. Here, let's get into some of the biggest game of the weeks. Biggest okay. games of the week, right? It has my face on it. Anyway, yeah. Let's do it. Chiefs at Dolphins. It'll be a good one. It is going to be a good one. That's going to be a tight game. Um, obviously, a great defense in Miami. I think the Chiefs are going to pull through in that. I know, obviously, you're probably going to ride with the Chiefs. But, like I said, I don't think that – I don't think Tua – has what it takes to hang with Mahomes. I don't think that he can he can hang with Mahomes like that because at the end of the day, I know they have a good defense, but they can't they can't rely on them to stop Mahomes. You can't slow him down. Tua can't hang with him yet. Dude, I'm a huge believer in Tua. I think he will be Ooh. a star in this league. Huh. Well all my friends all my friends down here in South Florida all of a sudden just became best friends with you. <laughs> hey, are you saying you, you don't believe in Tua? 
No, they all hate me for it. Dang, Tua Nation, man. I hey, I think Tua. This is this is my ceiling on Tua. Mm. Tua is going to be maybe three-time Pro Bowl quarterback. He's going to be a nice, solid quarterback. He'll win you much like much like Joe Flacco was in his prime. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. <laughs> he did, right? So he's a Hall of Famer, right? No, but he's but he's not a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? He right. was a nice quarterback, and anyone that lived in this generation is going to remember him. You know what I mean? So, and there's no disrespect on Joe Flacco's career at all, right? He's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. He's a Super Bowl winner, a Super Bowl MVP, right? Yeah. Tua can be that. Tua has that ceiling of being a potential Super Bowl winner, but I don't see him. He needs, he needs other things to help him as well. Do you understand? He can't, he can't be the main – he's going to need a good defense like they have now. He's going to need a good running game. He's going to need a solid offensive line, much like a lot of quarterbacks need, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that have won previously that have overcame that. Um, you know, you know, much like guys like I, I know Mahomes has a good defense and all, but he's talented enough, talented enough to overcome a bad situation. If two is in a bad situation, he's not going to overcome it. He's not talented enough. He's accurate. He's he's decent on the run, but he's nice in the pocket. And if he stays healthy, I see him being a career pro bowler caliber quarterback. And I think Dolphins fans, when they look at it objectively, they will take that. They're like, okay, we might win a Super Bowl with this guy, but we need, we need to help him more than we might need to help other quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And if he catches fire, oh, we might make a good run. And I think they'll, I think they'll take that. But as far as this Sunday goes, I don't think the Chiefs are going to – I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to hang with the Chiefs at all. No. No. I don't think um, – Dude, every time you say Joe Flacco, reminds me of that tweet, and I forgot what the the, uh, the Twitter handle is called, but they were – something about – oh, man, help me out, Peyton. It was uh, – I'm glad they added Joe Flacco, a, a great veteran who knows how to win in big games, right? Are, oh, to I help thought you were... Sam Darnold. I thought you were reading it off. Oh no, oh. that's just from the what from what I remember. Oh yeah, no, he is. He was like, man, having having a guy like Joe Flacco, a guy he's knows gonna, how he's going to change the culture. He's going to New York Jets change the culture. Change the culture, Joe Flacco. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, Here's another interesting game. I see the 6-6 six and six Vikings, who are actually currently in the playoffs right now, traveling to Tampa Bay to play the 7-5 Buccaneers. Is this ever a huge game? This might be the Vikings' biggest game of the year. Oh, yeah. How, how this game goes for the Vikings, I think, determines their playoff chances. Because then you also have the Cardinals, who are tied with the Vikings right now, taking on the, the – okay, sorry. Giants fans are going to get mad at me if I don't put this in front of their team. The red-hot New York Giants. They are. I mean, they're on a four-game winning streak. They're playing really nice defense. Their defense is top 10. Um, there's a lot of NFC playoff implications in both of those games. I think that the Vikings lose by at least 15 
Um, oh. I think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming off this bye are angry. They're upset. And um, Tom Brady is going to find a way to, you know, get that offense straight and say, we're going to pull through at home against a Vikings team that has had a fairly easy schedule. And that's the reason why they're six and six. They've also been fairly mediocre along with Kirk Cousins posting, you know, subpar quarterback numbers um, as opposed to last year when he was a top 10 quarterback in terms of stats um, because they lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, who is now the head coach of the wonderful Cleveland Browns. But I say the Buccaneers win that game. Vikings lose. I say that the Cardinals travel to the Giants and end their winning streak. I think that Kyler Murray is eventually going to snap out of it. I know he's out of the MVP race now, and I know we all love him, but he has been dealing with an injury um, to the AC joint in his shoulder. I don't know if that's been affecting him, but he hasn't been running a lot. But this this game, I bet he's going to run a lot and, and a probably what will be a cold-weather game um, where it might be kind of windy in there up in New York. I haven't really checked the weather, but it is going to be a cold game. It might be hard to pass the ball. Kyler Murray, when he runs for 60 yards, I believe he's undefeated when he runs for 60-plus yards. Um, I saw that stat somewhere. So I say Cardinals win. They move into the playoff spot. Um, Giants lose. Um, that'll drop <laughs> them to contention for first place. What did you say? And they're still in contention for first place with they. They will be because moving yep. down the schedule at 4:25 p.m. Eastern time, the football team will travel to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers, who currently don't have a home. Wait, the Arizona, the San Fr- the. Yeah. Are they from? Are they from Arizona? The Man. Arizona 49ers. The Arizona 49ers. The yep. San Francisco Cardinals. Yep. You can't share your home with – you can't have two teams in one home. That's just not how it works. So, I'm sorry, Arizona. I think you just got booted. Well, actually – wait. So, if San Francisco took Arizona, where where does it – Arizona needs a – Arizona needs a home. No, well mm, – Maybe they could go to San Diego. How about Canada? Canada. Oh, my goodness. The Toronto Cardinals. Could you imagine? I don't think there could be a football team in Canada. Could you imagine the Toronto Cardinals being partnered with the Toronto Blue Jays? Two just different birds. Yep. Blue and red. (laughs) That would be incredible. Let's move on. Yes. We have Alex Smith. Traveling to Arizona to play the 49ers, his former team. They're both five and seven. This game is a game between two five and seven teams that actually has playoff implications. Um, I'm riding with Alex Smith. I see them as a top 10 defense with a solid running game with Antonio Gibson, Peyton Barber, um, a great head coach in Ron Rivera. And, Terry McLaurin, who is a wonderful young wide receiver, and Alex Smith, I've been saying it all along, the Washington football team will win the NFC East this season. That's the way I see it. I think they go to um, San Francisco, well, actually Arizona, and beat the 49ers. What do you think, Jeff? 100%. I am. Right. We, we talked about Alex Smith being the comeback player of the year, and I don't think comeback players of the year also, I don't think – with this said what I was about to say. 
I don't think this team will come off. I don't think they'll lose this game, especially after coming off of the win that they just did. Mm-hmm. All They've got all the momentum going in this game. Also, the 49ers, uh, they didn't get shelled by Buffalo. They were getting shelled at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just – the football team, the football team, they have the all team. of the, the football team. You better mm-hmm. respect it. If you don't, you suck. Uh, they have all the momentum going into this game. So, yes, I will also pick the Washington team of football. Now let's travel to Las Vegas where the Colts will play the Raiders. Colts coming in at 8-4, and four, the Raiders at 7-5. and five. Major God. playoff implications. Man, is it just me or all these games except for like one or two just like, man, changes the course of how the playoff picture looks. Yeah, there's a couple good my, games this week. My goodness. In um, this game, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Las Vegas Raiders to beat the Indianapolis Colts at home. I think Gruden and them boys are going to find a way to pull it out in the end. They're going to advance to 8 and 5 and have a wild card spot. Man, I'm going to go with the Colts. No, not to switch things up. No, not to spot. I just got this feeling inside me that, and I'm not saying they're going to go win the Super Bowl, but Phillip Rivers, his time is nearing its end. Derek Carr will be back for plenty more. He's got a great career ahead of him. I just – I think the Colts, this is – this has got to be their year. They have to make the playoffs this year. They can't go through all the trouble of getting Phillip Rivers to then just miss the playoffs by eeny, meeny, meeny, meeny. They've got to get – they've got to get in. And I think this game, they're at Las Vegas, right? Yes. They are going to oh. be in Vegas. Uh, Vegas, Sin City, lots of money, blah, blah, blah. If I were in Sin City right now, I would put one penny on the Colts. And I think I'd, okay. I think I'd probably win about 10 cents. That doesn't course, sound like you're pretty confident in the pick. But just putting down one cent. Well, it's about all I can afford right now. So. All right. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I'm kidding. I'll throw 500 on there. Ooh, okay. Divvy out my credit <laughs> in debt. It's fine. Uh, now, let's move to upstate New York in Buffalo. Oh, boy. 820, oh. Sunday night football. Woo-hoo. The 11-1 and one Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo. Wait, wait, wait say that again. The 11-1? and one. 11-1 and one Pittsburgh <sighs> Steelers travel to Buffalo on Sunday night to play the 9-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Um. I'm picking the Bills. I think Josh Allen um, has found his stride again. He's gotten back into rhythm. I think he showed that last night against a solid 49ers defense. Um, And I picked the Bills previously. Actually, we talked about this game last week. I thought this would be the Steelers' first loss of their season. Um, I'm still sticking with the Bills. Uh, I I think that 
I think that Josh Allen is going to perform better in the colder weather than um, Big Ben will. Um, personally, just because I think that older bodies on the road in a really cold environment don't don't play well. They don't travel well. Right. Um, and Josh Allen is obviously the younger, more athletic quarterback out of the two. So because of that, I see the younger Buffalo Bills team pulling it through at home against the Steelers team with a better record. Me as well. I am going to definitely go with the Bills. And no, Steelers Nation, this is not because I hate you or because I have just this towards you. I think the Buffalo Bills are a better team than you all, than y'all. However you people, you Steel City says it. I guess it would be you all. They are a better team than you all. I think Josh Allen is the real deal, and I think they're coming for you. And they're hot, and they're ready. They're ready to play. I I'm th- ready, like Little Caesars. Oh, baby. Are they ever like, <laughs> he's not ready. Boy, they're just, you pick up, man, you pick up that piece. Of, ah, man, they are, they are hot. They are hot, and they're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Hot. Uh, the Steelers would be the equivalent of, uh, like one of my Jack's frozen pizzas I have in the fridge right now. <laughs> and actually, they, they're, they're probably in the fridge, actually. They're just slowly rotting right now. So, um, yes, Bills. Go Bills. All right, Go so Bills. we both got the Bills. Then we have a Monday night game on December 14th. <laughs> <laughs> this particularly applies to me. The Ravens travel to Lake Erie and First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, to play my beloved Cleveland Browns, divisional rivalry. The Ravens, they gave us the beatdown in week one. Boy, what, a, what, a, what an intro that was. Man, I, <laughs> man, you mentioned Lake Erie and, everything, and the name of the stadium. Boy. When, awesome. when you've been there a few times, you, you... Hey, I, feel, <laughs> I do the same thing about Kansas city, but uh, yes. Uh, the Browns. Browns. Uh-huh. Now listen, the Browns, they got destroyed by the Ravens in week one. We all know that we all understand that, but both of those teams, the Browns have gotten progressively better throughout the past few weeks while the Ravens seem to have gotten progressively worse. Now they did give the Cowboys that work tonight. Um, as we were recording the final, I forgot what the final was, but the Ravens won pretty easily. They are now seven and five and the Browns are sitting at nine and three. So I am picking the Cleveland Browns. They have, they have momentum. They have momentum. And, um, (laughs) they, they do. They have, we're going to have to put that on a shirt now or on the momentum. They on, have the right. momentum um, going into tonight or on Monday night. They have the momentum. And then I also think that Baker Mayfield is more comfortable throughout Kevin Stefanski's offense than he was in week one. And now I feel like now that they're incorporating Richard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, hey, Momentum. <laughs> That's going to be – those are those the first two T-shirts. Yep. So, I'm picking the Browns. 
I think that running game is going to kind of cancel out the Ravens running game. And once they can get that going, I think that Miles Garrett is going to get after Lamar all night. I think that Miles Garrett should be defensive player of the year had he not missed two games to COVID. Um, we'll see, but I'm picking the Browns to go 10 and three. They're going to beat the Ravens at home revenge game. I'm liking it. I will also pick the Cleveland Browns to defeat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, as Peyton said, they are hot right now. I think they have a system that is working for them. They have a, a playbook. Uh, they are asking Madden and it is going quite well. Um, and uh, Hey, keep it rolling, Cleveland. What, what's your, what's the Browns like set? Do you guys have like a, like, a, you know, like our thing in Kansas City is, hey, how about those cheese? Like, what, do you guys have, like, a saying? Do you really want me to say the Browns chant right now? Uh, is it bad? No, it's just kind of funny. What is it? All right, all right, all right. You ready? Any, anyone out there who's a Cleveland Browns fan watching this, please do this with me. You ready? Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what it is. That's our chant. <laughs> uh, Jeff just walked off camera. Jeff just walked off camera. Hey, I think it's pretty good. I think it's creative. I like it. So hopefully the brownies can, can pull through. The dog pound is going to be happy. And they're hey, going to have a wonderful, how about wonderful those Monday day. Kansas City, let me hear you. How about those? That's ours. I think ours is pretty cool. Also, I'm, I have I have their blanket on right now. Uh, because I Peyton just like that man, like that made me uncomfortable. Made me cold. So, but but anyway, go go Browns, go go Browns. Yeah, cold. go Browns, go Browns. Uh. Can we can we get to the can we get to the game that I really want to get to, and, and no, it's not the Chiefs because we already discussed that one. Uh, I think you already know. What is it? Hey, come on, man. The Jets game. We're not talking hey. about the Jets. Don't don't hate me. Hey. Don't hate me. Do you see what happened last week? Do you see what happened last week? Yeah, I do, idiot. I was almost right. Almost. Keyword in that in that sentence was almost. I said it. I was almost right. Almost. I was a, I was a bad call and a blitz away from being right. The Jets purposely tried to lose the game. What makes you think that they're gonna beat the Seahawks in Seattle? I just I'm I wanna I wanna see him win. You know what? If the Jets are going to have no fans right now, I'll be their only, like, slight fan right now. They got to win a game, man. You can't. They don't got to win nothing. They're trying to lose. Just let losers lose. Man, but, like, even if you win one game, you're still going to have the number one pick. No one else is going to finish 1-15. Well, maybe Jacksonville. We'll see. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> Mike Glennon. Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna pick um, Peyton. You want to go first? <laughs> hey, are you seriously asking me who I'm picking in this game? 
Like, I mean, I'm picking, I'm picking the Seahawks. Like, Russell Wilson is going to bounce back because he's going to have a cupcake win. I mean, he might as well be playing like, like Kent State or the Akron Zips out of the MAC in college football. Might as well be playing Vanderbilt, who I don't believe has won a game this year. I mean, seriously, the Jets are barely even a professional football team. Just say the words, bro. Just say the words. Hey. I know the Jets don't have any momentum among Momentumums. Momentumums. They don't got no momentumums. But what they do got is uh I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know if you were about to go for the Jets again. Oh man. Oh, I guess I can't take my you... man. I wanna see him, man. No, I'm gonna Ufero go. made us talk about that whack game just to pick the Seahawks like everybody else in the whole entire nation is going to do. But think about it. If I pick the Jets right now, even if they won, I could tell everybody, oh, I was just doing it because for fun. Like, why not? You know, you'd love to see their team. If they don't win, okay, blah, blah, blah. But if they do win, you're the only person that picked it. Yeah, but – you didn't pick it because you thought they were going to win. You picked it because on the off chance that they do win, you want to say that you were the only one that did it. I still picked it. Like on NFL game day morning. Knowing it's a game of picks. On NFL, on NFL game day morning, Rich Eisen picked the Browns every single week. And he was wrong every single week. And he continued to pick them until next season when we won. And then when he, when, when he picked that we were going to win, he was like, see, I told you guys. And everyone like, was like, you pick them every week. And they showed the clip. And when the Jets win, if the Jets win, I'm going to show everyone that you just pick them every week. I'd just like to let everybody know since the beginning of the season for the first 12 games, I picked the Jets to be 12-0 and 0 right now. That's yeah, okay with, with Sam Darnold's fancy footwork. Sam Darnold's fancy footwork on the beach. Yep. Only the people that watch the IG live would get that. But um, hey, we'll 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 bring it on sometime. It yeah. is it is spectacular. Oh yeah. But um, here to wrap us up to wrap us up right now, you said you wanted to get into a football story that I did not know. You haven't heard. I um, have not heard. So some of you may know. Actually, probably none of you know. Uh, well, jo- Jordan McNulty is the only one that knows. The CEO of Albatross Sports. CEO. CEO. The, the CEO. So, we are connected to a family. Well, connected, not blood-related, but we are very good friends with a family. And their son-in-law played for the Chiefs when I was in about mm, fourth, fourth through sixth grade. Played with them for two years. His name was Andy Studebaker. Andy Studebaker went to Wheaton College. How many guys out of Wheaton College go to the NFL? He was, only, he was only one of three in school history. 
school history. Wait, that's and- awesome. Yeah. And so I still know him. Shout out to you, Ant. Hey, we could have him on the show. That yeah, be- bring him on. That'll be lit. Yeah. Andy is a great guy. Andy picked off Big Ben twice in one game. Almost had a pick six for 96 yards. Oh, yeah. I'm what already number- big fans of this guy. I'm already a hey, big what, fan of this guy. Hey, what, what number did you wear, by the way? 96. How convenient. Yeah. Uh, and so, obviously, when you know somebody that plays for a professional sports organization, you get some perks. And one of the perks that I got was he – we went out there. This was 2000 and – oh, my gosh. If my dad were here, he, I'd remember – uh, okay, so to, Matt Castle was the quarterback. This was the bad Chiefs team. Dude, I'm talking Larry Johnson was the running back. Eric Berry, this was like his third year in the league. Eric Berry. Young Eric Berry in his prime. Oh, yeah. He was big to me. Hey, what, what year, what year uh, did we go see the Chiefs play? against the Chargers when they got absolutely blown out of the water. When we, when we got to go uh, see Andy. 2009. We're going to go somewhere in between the 2007-2009 scale. All right. I got to go see the whole enchilada, the practice facility, the training area, the practice field, the indoor and outdoor. I've seen it all. I've been there. I've lived it. It's awesome. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we have that great experience. And then Sunday comes around. And remember the San San Diego Chargers. I believe this is the year they went like 14 and two. Mm -hmm. This team, very good. LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates. Boy, look out. Mm -hmm. We were in for a, we were in for a little bit of a, uh, not a doozy, kind of a, a, I don't even know what word to use. <laughs> Not a doozy. <sighs> and so we ended up losing the game 37 to 7. And so we got to go into the players lounge or like where all the wives and stuff, where everybody, all the family members are. Mm-hmm. So Mallory, Andy's wife, is in there. She's showing us around. You know, I'm getting free food, and we're just man. I'm living the life right now. This is the <laughs> life every Chiefs fan wants to live. It is great. Our team sucks, but I'm getting all this free food. That's all that I cared about as a kid. Yeah, I care that they were winning games. They had Mass Castle as their quarterback. They weren't gonna win anything. They won like two games that year, I think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and so after the game. We're all going outside. We're getting ready to meet Andy because we're at, like, where all the players walk out. And so I was a, I was a crazy kid growing up. Like, I, I, my intelligence wasn't that high. I wasn't a very smart kid, per se. But I knew I was a, I was a sports nut. And I knew who the players were. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could chirp. I could say some stuff. Like, I, I, from a very young age, I knew – the facts, I knew the numbers, I knew I was a on the outside you were knowledgeable. I was about, very knowledgeable. About the outside, game. I was a sixty-five year old, but I 
in a four or in a uh, in like a nine or ten year old body. Like I just I knew everything. Mm-hmm. So Andy walks out, and of course, you know, you know, hey, Andy, blah 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 blah. Ha. Yeah. And uh, and then Thomas Gafford, the long snapper, walks out. And I'm like, oh, who's that? And then uh, him and Andy were really good friends. And so I got to meet him, got his autograph. That's cool. Blah blah blah. Five seconds later, uh, Larry Johnson might have heard that name before. Mm-hmm. Believe he played for the Cleveland Browns for a year, did he not? He ended his career in Cleveland. I'm I not thought. sure. I would have been really young. Oh, I would have been oh, very young. It was either Cincinnati or Cleveland, one of the two. Fact check me. Go ahead. I don't care. Anyway, Larry Johnson's walking out, and I asked Andy. I said, hey, who's that? He goes, yeah, that's Larry Johnson. I was like, that's Larry Johnson? Like, I knew, I knew who Larry Johnson was. Mm-hmm. And as I'm going up to go get Larry Johnson's autograph, Larry Johnson looked me in the eye, pointed his hand at me, and said, I'm a sixth grader. I'm a little kid. And he just went, no. That's all he said was, no. No joke. And you know what I said? Hmm. Because because I'm a defiant little boy. Like, what else am I going to do? I didn't yell it. I yelled it loud enough to where other people could hear it. And I said, I hope you get released. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So I said that right. And he gets into the probably the ugliest looking car I've ever seen. Like it's a, it's a bougie car, but it was just, it's just ugly. Okay. Uh, I, up the model it was the ugliest looking car i've ever seen i forgot the name of it i'm not good with cars i'm sorry about an hour later larry johnson put a tweet on twitter saying that the chiefs were blah 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 basically trashing the chiefs organization what did clark hunt do he released him what yo so technically i didn't i don't think i played a part in getting larry johnson released however i did say it and i said the only words i have ever said to larry johnson in my life were i hope you get released you spoke it into existence an hour later you put that thought on earth hey and you know who the chiefs drafted the year after that Jamal Charles. Oh, so that was a big upgrade. That was a big upgrade. Dude. Crazy, right? That is unbelievable. And I didn't even yell it. Like, people were – I, I kind of – it was almost like a – man, I hope you get released. And, of course, he, you know, he's, he, was probably, he was probably saying the same thing. No, 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 no. Spoken into existence. That is that is actually crazy. You for spoke a man's release into existence. Well, he spoke it upon himself by trashing the chief's organization. Yeah, on true. Yeah, Clark, like, yeah, see you later, bud. Yeah, he's not gonna mess around with that. But uh, yeah, crazy football story. And uh, yeah, for any of the those of you who uh, doubt my loyalties with the Chiefs, or they, uh, or or you say, well, you're just a fan since Patrick. Oh no, oh no, I've been he was there back there in the there. Matt Castle days, boy. Oh, Trent Green. 
since the very mm, mm, mm. I don't even know if I was like oh Tony a conscious Gonz- human yet. Tony Gonzalez, bro, man. Um, and I'll, oh, also I got to meet. Uh, so I didn't get to meet Eric Berry. Um, Kyle Wilcox, I think was his name, but I have to look it up. Kyle, that sounds about right. Kyle Wilcox. He was the fullback. I got to meet him. Thomas Gafford. I already knew Andy. Um, Dwayne Bow. I got to meet Ooh, him. Yeah, I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah, he was he was a cool cat. He was awesome. Uh, and then oh, who were the other guys? Um, oh, uh, one of my favorite kickers, Mister Irrelevant, Ryan Suckup. Hey. Got to meet, got to meet him too. And then I think there were a couple others, and I their names are not clicking with me. They weren't a big deal, and they weren't a big deal for a while. One of the greatest football experiences I have ever had as a fan, uh, Chiefs Kingdom. Anybody in the kingdom would tell you it is going to Arrowhead. It's something we're going to have to do one of these days. Maybe mm-hmm. a little Cleveland Browns. Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead matchup. So you, the so you Peyton Doyle can experience the loudest stadium in the NFL. Assuming there's going to be a day in this world where we can all congregate in the same area, not six feet apart. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because well, well, it may be a while, but yeah, that was Who my knows? story. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. I guess just ending the show with yeah, I got uh, I got uh, Clark Hunt to release. Uh, Larry yep. Johnson. A six sixth grade Jeff. A sixth um, grade what a time. Jeff was the reason that Clark Hunt released football running back. Larry Johnson. He was the reason that that happened. He played such a vital role in in the organization. And then also ended up drafting Jamal Charles. So you're the reason that the Chiefs <laughs> had Jamal Charles. You are. You're the reason. But anyways, guys, thank you for watching and or listening to this, the Albatross pod, the second episode of the Albatross pod. We are going to continue to post every Tuesday a new episode. Um, Please make sure to like, subscribe, follow, share it to your friends, wherever you may be watching or listening. And please make sure to follow if you haven't at Albatross Sports on social media. Also follow Jeff on social media. I'll post his, his at down below in the description. And mine as well. If you would like to listen to my show, The Peyton Doyle Show, um, I have a podcast as well. And as I always say, do it or you suck, idiot. Or you suck. You suck. So, You're worth nothing. Everyone, make sure to have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you. And I'll, I would also like to leave it with one thing. Actually, a couple things. Uh, hey, just make sure you have the momentum and uh, go Chiefs. (laughs) There you go.